Em, I told you we were going to do the draft at Mike's house today. I'm not talking to you. You knew it was coming. I told you about the draft, did I not? Did I tell you about the draft? The credit card, yeah, that adds up. Now, and then next thing you know, you're spending this again. I, we we, we just off. talked about I'll it. I'll just put it on the credit card. It's been multiple times. It adds up. You're gonna run off? Go back to I'm your mom. I'm running off. Spend the last three weekends there anyway. I'm tired. I'm so tired. What are you tired of? I, Aren't you look tired? at me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I am sorry. Just, just go. How many can you relate to that? Ever been in a situation like that? We're in week three of our series, Decompress. And in, um, we've been talking about how our society is loaded down with all kind of pressure, all kind of stress, all kind of burdens. And uh, in John 10, 10, Jesus said, you know, I've come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. How many of you know that the Lord's purpose in coming was so that we could have an abundant life, a, a blessed life, a stress-free life, amen? A satisfying life. But how many of you know you can't have that as long as you got all these pressures and weights on you? And the reality is many of us are carrying around these weights that are weighing us down, unnecessary weights that are robbing us and stealing the peace of God, the grace of God out of our life. And uh, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, come to me if you're weary and you're burdened, and I'm going to give you rest. And we talked about in week one, we need to lighten our load. We need to bring our burdens to Jesus, and we need to surrender our life to him. Let him, let him teach us, and then we can just live a lighter life, because he will teach us if we're teachable. Amen? And then in week two, we talked about reducing emotional stress. Sometimes the greatest weight in life is not the external weights, but the internal weights of fear and worry and grief. Those things weigh on us on the inside, and we're living our life under this tension that is eroding our health and robbing us of our of our strength and and our 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 uh, our uh, rest in life. Amen. And so today we're gonna we're gonna turn the corner. And we're gonna talk about another weight that is weighing on us, and obviously it's. It's relational stress. And so today we're going to talk about, about um, decompressing from relational tension. Because the reality is some of us, the tension we're under is not, is not the, the external weights of, of burdens or finance and, and stuff like that. It's relational tension. And how many of you would agree that living with relational conflict is one of the greatest weights in life, right? I mean, it's amazing. You know, things can be going great, but you get in a fight with mama and things are going bad from then on. Amen. There's three amens on that one. But nothing can weigh your life down whenever you're, in un you're under relational tension. And so we need to figure out a way to unload relational tension. And in Romans 12, 18, it says, as much as it is possible, live in peace with everyone. As much as it is possible, live in peace with everyone. Now, the scripture admonishes us to work at living at peace with everyone. 
But how many of you know the reality is it can be hard to live at peace with everyone? Have you noticed that? I've learned that it's not always possible to live at peace with everyone. Have you noticed that? Amen. But the Bible says there in Romans 12, 18, as much as it is possible, but sometimes it's virtually impossible to live at peace with everyone. And the reason is some people have absolutely no peace in their life, so it's impossible for them to live at peace with others. Amen? And so somebody said, you know, hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. Amen. And so some people walking around hurt and they just cannot get along with the world. Amen. But listen, now, even though it's not always possible to live at peace with everyone, if we want to reduce relational stress, we must do everything in our power to live at peace with everyone. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 14 says, make every effort to live at peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now notice what that verse says, it make every effort. Here's our relational responsibility. Make every effort to live at peace with all men. It's a biblical principle. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23, so if you're standing before the altar in the temple offering a sacrifice to God, then suddenly remember that a friend has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there beside the altar. Go and apologize and be reconciled to him and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. What is Jesus saying? I believe he's saying it's our relational responsibility to make every effort to be at peace. Amen. He makes it abundantly clear. The Christian responsibility is to get along with others. Amen. Come on. I know it's raining this morning, but I need a better amen than that. Amen. So although we're not guaranteed to be at peace with everyone, it's never a good enough reason not to try to be at peace with everyone. Verse 14 says, make every effort. In other words, there are things that we can do to help reduce relational conflict. And there are things that we can do to contribute to relational conflict. Am I right about that? Amen. So listen, we can either be a relational arsonist, which means we intentionally start relational fires everywhere we go. Or we can be in a, re a relational firefighter, intentionally quenching relational fires wherever we go. The question is, which one am I? Am I a relational arsonist or am I a relational firefighter? Today, I want to talk to you about three skills that help reduce relational tension in your life and be a firefighter instead of being an arsonist. Amen. And the first skill is this, learn how to stop igniting relational fires. Sometimes without realizing it, we're constantly causing strife. We're causing relational fires wherever we go. You know, the picture I get is like we're walking around with a, with a box of matches and we open up the box of matches, we pull the match out, we strike it and we throw it in our neighborhood and there's a relational fire. And then we go to work and we pull out a match in our matchbox. And as soon as the day starts, we throw another match at our workplace and there's a relational fire. And we're walking around in our neighborhoods, our churches and everywhere else. And we start in relational fires wherever we go. I know I'm not talking to anybody in this room, but you know what I'm talking about, right? 
Come on, can I get a better amen? So the first skill is you got to learn to stop igniting relational fires. So how do you start relational fires? Well, sometimes it's the unfiltered words we use that start conflicts. The unfiltered words. Proverbs 18.6 says, Fools' words get them in constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. You know, listen, our cutting words and hurtful comments start fights. And they keep us in constant conflict. Amen? And so we got to watch what we say. Because if we don't watch what we say, we're going to need to put a a filter on that thing. Amen? James said, oh, what great forest fires are started with our tongue. Our cutting words. Sometimes it's our greediness that starts fires. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 25, a greedy person starts up a fight. But whoever trusts the Lord prospers. You know, sometimes it's our greed. We want more. We got to have it all. We, you know, and we're just like fighting with others to get the best and the most and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, greed will cause a fight. Amen. How many families? I thought, thought about this. How many feel like we do, you know, funerals and wakes all the time? And a lot of times they got one side of the family on this side of the parlor and the other side of the family on that side of the parlor. And half of the kids are not talking to the other kids and say, what's going on in the family? Well, grandma died and they fought over everything she got. She was left. And, and now we hadn't been talking ever since. Come on, I'm talking to y'all this morning, right? But greediness puts tensions on relationships. So the words we use, the greediness of our heart. But sometimes it's our selfishness that starts relational fights. James 4.1 says, Don't, do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war within you. Selfishness. You know, sometimes what keeps marriages in conflict is our selfishness. We just want it all to be our way. We just want it all to be to benefit us instead of the whole family or our spouse. But listen, you got to deal with that. Amen. And ultimately, it's our pride that starts fights. And the scripture says in Proverbs thirteen ten, pride causes arguments. But those who listen to others are wise. Pride causes arguments. And you know what I've noticed after learning about this scripture? Whenever I start getting in a head button with somebody, if I will take the time to think about what's going on, most of the time it's me that's wanting to be right. And without realizing it, we can be the main reason that we start, that we're under relational conflict. Amen. Somebody said it like this. Listen. If Bob has a problem with Sue, and Bob has a problem with John, and Bob has problems with Mike, and Bob has problems with sweet Mary Lou, Bob is the problem. Amen. Come on. How many of you think that's true right there? Amen. So here's the suggestion. We need to use the mirror principle to reduce relational stress. The mirror principle says, if I want to reduce relational stress and tension in my life, I have to take a good, hard look in the mirror and start working on myself. Amen. Amen? Y'all ready to go home now? The second skill to reducing relational tension in your life is number two. You got to deal with your own internal relational tension. 
You know, I honestly believe it's virtually impossible to resolve conflict with others until you start resolving the conflict in your own relational life. Amen? It's hard to walk in peace with others when you have no peace within. And listen, if you don't have peace within, it's hard for you to be promoting peace everywhere you go. Hebrews 12.15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So listen, the writer of Hebrews cautions us that we need to watch out for the poisonous root of bitterness to spring up in our life because it contaminates many. You know, bitterness is the result of not properly dealing with anger when somebody hurts us, wounds us, or offends us. And by the way, you can't live life without getting hurt, wounded, or offended by somebody. Amen? I mean, it happens. People are not perfect, and sometimes people are arsonists, and you get around arsonists, and they're going to cut you up. Amen? But the question is, what are we going to do when we get cut by others? See, the anger caused by hurt, if it's not properly dealt with, it turns into the poisonous root of bitterness. The poisonous root. And when the poisonous root of bitterness sets root into your life, it contaminates all other relationships around you. The well of your spirit gets contaminated. And so therefore, everything that comes out of your spirit will contaminate relationships around you. So this is what I'm talking about. If I get bitter at, at, at Brady here and he angers me or he offends me and I get bitter at him, I can't allow my root of bitterness to stay in my relationship with Brady. See, whenever I move over here and I start dealing with Brandon, that thing, I'm going to try to keep it at bay, but it's going to spring up and all of a sudden it's going to contaminate my relationship relationship with Brandon. See, so sometimes we have relational tension because we got a root of bitterness and it just takes the littlest thing, the littlest word and boom, there it goes. It sets us off and we'll never reduce relational tension until we deal. That's why the scripture encourages us to deal with anger right away. Deal with anger right away. Ephesians 4.26 says, if you become angry, don't let your anger lead you into sin. Don't stay angry all day. Don't give the devil a chance. And then listen, a few verses down in verse 31, it says, get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind, tenderhearted to one another, forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ Jesus. Amen? Ephesians 4.32 says, And instead, be kind and tenderhearted to one another and forgive one another. Listen, as God has forgiven you. You know what I realized? I came to the conclusion that Jesus has to be a great forgiver for me and him to stay in relationship. Because I'm notorious at doing things that he don't want me to do. And I know I offend him. And for me and Jesus to stay in a great relationship, he has to be a great forgiver. And he says, now, Todd, you go be a great forgiver. God is saying to us, we need to be great forgivers. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And so the bottom line is this. Forgiving those who have offended you 
and getting released from the root of bitterness is the greatest way to reduce relational tension in your life. You can just reduce it right away. It's also the greatest way to build healthy and strong relationships in your life. If you don't learn how to forgive, you'll never forge great relationships. You will always get messed up in a relationship. You got to learn to forgive. Y'all believe this is true? Amen. The third skill to reducing relational tension in your life is becoming a relational firefighter activist. A firefighter activist. In other words, let's not keep the relational fires out just in our own lives, but let's help others. Let's help others keep relational fires out of their life. You know, a true firefighter, he don't only care about the fire in his house. He cares about the fires in other houses, right? And so listen, that's, I believe, what Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to be firefighters. In fact, he says in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, there's really two kinds of people in the world. There's troublemakers and then there's peacemakers. Amen. And Jesus says, I don't want you to be a troublemaker. I want you to be a peacemaker. Amen. Come on, let me hear a better amen right there. Now, listen, in case you're wondering, a troublemaker are those that are relational arsonists and they're always starting fights wherever they go. They're always fighting with somebody, causing other people to get in fights. Listen, you put them in a room long enough, just long enough, they're going to have a fight in that room. They're an arsonist. They don't seem to be happy unless they got a good fight going on. Oh, come on. That's dysfunctional. Come on. Can I get a better amen? Now, the characteristics of a troublemaker is this. They constantly live in turmoil. They have a high stress level. They usually suffer with high blood pressure as well as other health problems. And they suffer with mental anxiety. You can't have relational tension and be at peace in your mind. Amen. You can be fighting with that person in your mind every day until you get it right. Come on, that, that's right. That's a good, that's not in my notes, but somebody write that down. I want that quote later. I think it's a good one. Amen. But isn't it true? As long as you're in tension with somebody. Listen, I'm telling you what, man. I've told you this before, but. You know, listen, I'm ready to go bear hunting with a switch when it comes to ministry, unless Tanya and I are fighting. If Tanya and I are fighting, I don't want to get behind this pulpit. I don't want to go pray with nobody, counsel nobody. I am reduced to nothing because I'm in mental anguish. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? But listen, a peacemaker are those that are relational firefighters, always trying to stop fights and quarrels. They're always trying to resolve the conflict around them. They try to promote unity. They don't try to start fights. Hey, you know what this one said about you? You know what this? And they try to start fights. That's dysfunctional. We need to be a peacemaker. We need to try to stop fights. Amen. And the characteristics of a peacemaker is this. They experience very little relational tension and conflict. They deal with less health problems, man. They're free. They got a smile on their face. The sky is blue. I mean, it can be poor like this morning, but they're happy because they got internal peace. Amen. And you know what? They enjoy mental peace and they live a very peaceful life. 
peacemakers. Jesus said, God blesses those who work for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Question, are you a troublemaker or a peacemaker? Because if you're a troublemaker, you need to change that behavior because you're going to be living under tension that's going to erode your health. It's going to wipe out your strength and you're going to die prematurely. Amen. But a peacemaker, on the other hand, they're going to live a strong, vibrant life. Amen. So then the question is, how do you become a peacemaker? I'm glad you asked that question. Let me just throw out a couple of thoughts right there. All right. And I'm going to just, you know, Peter gives us a solution in 1 Peter 3. The characteristics of a peacemaker, he lays out right here in 1 Peter 3 and 8. Listen to what it says. You might want to look up here at the overhead. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as, as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Don't repay evil with evil, insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So Peter admonishes us to live at harmony with one another and not in contention and strife. And then he gives us three keys to becoming peacemakers and move over from a troublemaker to a peacemaker. And the first thing he says, he says, listen, be sympathetic, loving and compassionate. Now, sympathetic means to have feelings of concern and care towards someone else. And so he says, you got to be sympathetic to be a peacemaker. And then he says, you got to be compassionate. Compassionate means to be deeply moved by someone else's need to the point that you're willing to help them solve their need. And the Bible says in Mark 1 and 41, it says Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion and he touched the leper. When Jesus came around a leper and saw that they were in trouble, he was so moved that he went to help them. Don't you think if we start getting moved with compassion in our homes, there'll be more peace in our homes? And listen, when we start getting moved with compassion towards others, we stop worrying about what others say and the attitude in which they said it. And we start worrying about why they said it and how we can help them in their issue. Amen. Nothing will quench relational fires like having a heart of, of love and having sympathy and having compassion. See, number two, Peter says, not only should you be loving, sympathetic, and compassionate, but number two, he says, you need to be humble as well. Be humble. Peter says, be compassionate and humble. What does being humble have to do with relational situations? Well, being humble means you don't have to win every argument. Being humble means you don't have to be the one that's right. You don't have to prove your point. Amen? And see, some of us are like Philadelphia lawyers, man. And we can win an argument like better than anybody. By the time we've, we've made our case, man, everybody got to pick their hands up and said, it's me, it's me, man. I'm the fault. But listen, we can be winning all the arguments and tearing up relationships at the same time. And see, our goal, listen, our goal is not to be right. Our goal is to promote unity with others. Our goal is to enjoy the blessing of being a peacemaker. Amen. Amen. Y'all receive this this morning. And then the third key is, is uh, Peter says, be godly. How many of you think that's a good idea right there? Be godly. I mean, we are Christians and our goal is to be like God, right? So how many of you think being godly, that's a good idea right there. 
And so Peter says, listen, 1 Peter 3, 9, he says, listen, don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Don't repay evil for evil or insult for insult, he says. You know what my paraphrased version of that verse is? Don't be evil. Be godly. Now, let me ask you a question. When you're arguing and fighting with somebody, is that godliness? No, it's not godliness. And so he says, don't return evil for evil. In other words, if somebody acts evil towards you, don't be evil, be godly. Amen. Peter is saying, listen, take the boxing gloves off. You know, listen, there's a place to wear boxing gloves. When you're in a boxing ring, that's a good place to wear boxing gloves. Amen. If you're in MMA and you're fighting MMA, you know, to have some gloves, that's great. Amen. But listen, not in your marriage. That's not the place to have boxing gloves. Take them things off. They don't belong on you. Amen. Take the boxing gloves off. Now listen, sometimes the way that we operate in our relationships or what we've learned in our relationships, And so, you know, let me ask you a question. What kind of home environment were you raised in? Were you raised in a home that that looked something like this? Y'all were always fighting, screaming, and yelling at each other to settle arguments. Is that the kind of home you were raised in? Or were you raised in a home that knew how to talk through strife or talk and settle arguments positively and peacefully? You know, listen, I believe that You know, the reality is some of us, even as Christians, we were raised in a home where if there was conflict, the way we settled it is we didn't necessarily punch each other out, but man, we beat each other verbally. Man, we used every word in the book and we made up new ones to make our point. Amen. Come on. I mean, we yelled and shouted and screamed and man, things flew, doors slammed and man, it wasn't good. And the kids ran under the beds. Right? It's like, woohoo! Man, it's rough in here today. Amen? But some of us were raised in an environment where whenever there was an issue, they say, let's sit down and talk about that. And sometimes as Christians, we're repeating the same dysfunctional behavior that we learned while we were growing up. But listen, I'm telling you, the good news is that God is wanting to deliver us from the feudal ways that we've inherited. He's wanting to deliver us from the dysfunctional way of handling conflict. He wants us to learn how to handle our conflict in in a in a in a in a positive way, in a peaceful way. Amen. And there is a way to do that. Amen. There's a way to do that. He's wanting to transform our lives. How many of you want your life to be transformed? Amen. See, the reality is some of us, we're living today with some tension where we're carrying some baggage and it's relational tension. And we say, yeah, but it's that man. Don't look around right now. Some of us say it's that woman. It's that woman you gave me, Lord. And some of us are saying it's them children. And some of us children saying it's them parents. And some of us are saying it's them co-workers. And it's them neighbors. And man, we can find a million and one reasons why we can live in relational conflict. But the bottom line is, as long as we're living with relational conflict, we're wearing ourselves out. 
We're living under the burden and the weight that Jesus never intended for us to live in. And he wants to reduce that. Amen. And you know what I found? It's hard for somebody to fight with you when you're not, when you won't put the gloves on. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. You know, I found that if I have the right attitude, it's hard for people to fight. Amen. And I decided that, you know what, if I could just, you know, Brother Francis used to teach us all the time. He say, look, you could tell a dead person in a casket all you want. You could call them a lowdown, no telling what. And they ain't going to move a muscle. You know why? Because they dead. And Brother Francis used to point out, whenever you dead, whenever you take up your cross and you die with Christ, it's hard to get a reaction out of you. Amen. Because you done died to yourself. Amen. He's dead. The old man has died and the new man has come. Amen. And isn't that what Jesus is after? He's after the new man to rise up out of the ashes. Amen. So we can be the bearers of the light and the gospel of Jesus Christ, not walking around and being the example of Jesus. We're like we ate a bunch of lemons. Amen. But we walk around like we ate some sweet cherry pie and we just got sweetness all over our life. Amen. Come on, stand with me as we close and we pray together today. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Boy, you know, it's a lot easier to preach this sermon than to live it. Come on. How many of you say amen? Amen. It's a lot easier to say amen in church than to live it. Amen. But come on, let's add. How many of you believe you need help from Jesus? You need help from Jesus. Let's just take a moment right now. Some of you, maybe you're right now in the middle of some relational tension. And maybe you, maybe you're finding yourself everywhere you're going. You're finding relational tension. You're fighting with this one. You're fighting with that one. You're fighting with this one. Everywhere you go, the common factor in the fights that you're getting into is you. And the Lord is wanting us to use the mirror principle this morning. And He's wanting us to start looking at ourselves. Say, man, am I using words that's cutting? Am I being selfish? Am I being prideful? Am I greedy? Is that what's starting fights all around me? Maybe it's my own character and I'm, I've become a, a relational conflict igniter. And the Lord is wanting you to, He's wanting to transform your character and He's wanting you to start being more careful with the words you use. Or maybe some of you in here today, maybe you, um, You've been living under relational tension and it's contaminating all the relationships around you because you've been poisoned with the root of bitterness and the Lord is wanting to heal you. He's wanting to sweeten your waters this morning and He's wanting you to just release the bitterness or the, the unforgiveness in your heart. He's wanting you to let go and maybe right there where you are, you just need to make a decision that Lord, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to walk around poisoning other relationships, God. I want my waters and my spirit to be sweetened today. Come on, just you listen. You are forgiving those that offended you not for their benefit, for your benefit, so that you cannot contaminate your life. But just right where you are, just say, Lord, I forgive them. Just from your heart, I forgive them. That's what, that's what the scripture says. You gotta not forgive from your head, from your heart. Just forgive from your heart. And then finally, maybe some of you, 
You've been, you've been arsonists and you, you take what this one said and you go tell that other one what they said. And you think, oh man, I could stir up some stuff if I just report the gossip I heard. And you've been a troublemaker and the Lord is wanting you to stop that business and he's wanting you to be a peacemaker so you can enjoy relational peace in your life. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for every person that's in this room today. God, it's our desire to live decompressed from relational tension. And Lord, I know that we are, Lord, in school with you. And Lord, we're learning. We're not there yet, but we're learning, oh God. And Lord, I pray that you'd give us the grace to take our boxing gloves off and that you would give us the wisdom, Lord, to begin to sweeten up relationships wherever we go. Lord, I pray the favor and the blessing of God over the people of God today. Thank you, God, you're changing our attitude. Thank you, Father, you're changing our heart today. Thank you, Lord, you are transforming us today through the power of your Spirit. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus and everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen, 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 Amen. I thought I'd give you a little, a little gift this morning, Amen. You're out early today, Amen. Be blessed. Enjoy your, the rest of your day. If you need prayer, if you no seriously, if you need prayer for any of this that we talked about, We'll be up here to pray. We'll be up here to pray. We're going to agree with you that God is going to begin to release you from relational tension. Amen. Have a great day. You're dismissed. Be blessed as you go.